all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Meow. <laughs> I'm Rachel. <laughs> and I'm David. And this is still All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Still welcome. <laughs> this is our second take. Our first take was a little too hot. A little too choppy. Uh, uh, this one might that, be... That, as... that looks better. Okay, it looks better. It looks better. We'll see. This is where we need it to be, though. I think it's okay. Okay. Only an occasional clip. You would anyway. know better than I would. <laughs> Maybe. Follow us, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch... At all bad things pod, email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join face our Facebook discussion group, our Discord, our Reddit, subreddit. Do all of those things. Yeah, it looks okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> anyway, what you didn't hear that we now have, must rehash is that I have a fabulous new performance shirt. Yes. Because I just finished a gig, a three hour gig. Mildly delirious from it. And I have like two hundred like, sleeves it look, now. It looks like a wizard sleeve shirt. Yes. It works very well for... I'm just going to do this to the whole... <laughs> flap my wings. If, if you can keep that up, I'd be impressed. Yeah, me too. You did that for an hour. But I kept, like, wanting to play with them like this. You know? Sure. Hold them and... I would just like to brag on myself slightly. We were having sound issues tonight. Oh. Never fun. And while Dave, our guitarist who also runs our sound, was sort of dealing with that, like, we had to take, like, a quick... Like, hold on a minute. We've got some technical difficulties. Um, he needed me to test my mic. And I started singing the middle section of Bohemian Rhapsody. And I got that entire packed wine bar to perform the entire middle nice. section of Bohemian <laughs> yes. Rhapsody. Yes, we kept everybody entertained while waiting. So and the, I was uh, I was the, conducting the, with my sleeves. The scaramouche part? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Bismillah and all that. Yes. No, yes. we will not let you go. Let me go. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which for my generation became re-famous because of Wayne's World. Indeed. Which the movie probably doesn't hold up as a comedy. <laughs> um, but, I mean, what a great scene. And what a great, yeah. I mean, what a great it, I think it nod made, to a great song. I think it made Bohemian Rhapsody chart again, if I'm not mistaken. It, def- it definitely did. Yeah. Yes. I believe, yeah. like, chart in, like, the top five again. Yeah. Okay. Like, really up there. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. And it is, gave, it and is gave Queen a, a whole new boost that yeah. they, you know, that was the, that was when my generation, my age, people got caught on to Queen like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, they, oh, they have 15 years worth of other things. When did Wayne's World come out? Uh, it, that would have been spring 92. That would have been 31 years ago. Wow. And it was right after Freddie died. Yep. Because Freddie died in fall, and there was also time. the uh, there was also a concert the the concert for Freddie or November ninety one something like that. Yes, uh huh. Uh-huh. So that was and that was like a live aid type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it was a concert for AIDS awareness, yes, it was. but in his honor. Mm-hmm. So and that drew all the biggest bands of that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Queen was all of a sudden like back in the spotlight. Yeah. Like not not just Renaissance. Right, and not just because of one thing, like because of a series of yeah. incidents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm mildly delirious, not just from having just performed for three hours, but having been through three weeks of hell. Yeah, all we, I can we, have say, n- we have not recorded in almost like four month. weeks. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, last we recorded was before I went to training for mm-hmm. three weeks in a classroom all day, every day, which all I can say... So I haven't done that since I was 11. And all I can say is to anyone who has a learning disability or is neurodivergent or whatever, how the fuck did you survive <laughs> that throughout your childhood? Because I couldn't do three weeks. But I couldn't do three weeks. I shut the fuck down. It's because you weren't used to it. That's all. N- no. I mean, no. I don't think I would have been used to it yeah. when I was a kid either. It's like, that not. was fucking awful. But to make up for it, you get the old new Legend of Zelda game. I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can catch up. Which, uh, the new one the is... Breath... Oh, uh, Breath of the Wild is the one the, you got. Yes. There's the new a new one. one is... I forget what it's called. It just came out on Switch yes. this weekend. It's I called think. something. It is called something. Legend I of Zelda to... something. The last time I played Zelda was on my Game Boy. And I played uh, Zinx Quest. That's not it. Link's. Link. Link. Zinc. <laughs> 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 and Zinc. Um... But no, the, the weekends in St. Louis were fun because there was not sitting in a classroom all day. So I did get to see the Missouri Botanical Gardens and went up the arch twice, mm-hmm. south side both times. Uh, I did, not to rub it into another person present here, but I did get to see a Cardinals game at Bush Stadium. Yes, you did. Yeah. And uh, we went to Anheuser-Busch. Mm-hmm. And pet the Clydesdale, the yep. Olaf, the very nice Clydesdale, giant, giant, giant animal. Hum- I was gonna say giant human, human. <laughs> not a no. human, <laughs> giant horse. Like there's something that'll, <laughs> that'll be, yeah. Uh, like Buzzfeed's gonna pick up on that. Like Anheuser Busch is is like is hybridizing making, humans, is making giant humans <laughs> at the St. Louis factory. <laughs> And we got to meet our listener, Jessica. Yes. Yes. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was really fun hanging out with them. They were super cool. That was the highlight. Yes. I I would agree. Yes. So. And we had a, we had a, uh, not margaritas. That's what they were. Moscow mules. Moscow mules, (laughs) but in a tall glass. In very (laughs) tall glasses. Yes. Those were generous mules. Yes, they were. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm good for the afternoon after that. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was a generous, <laughs> generous amount. But yeah, I am so so happy to be back. Yes. Well, I'm I'm more than happy to have you back, and I was more than happy to go to St. Louis, my first time there. Yeah, the the city that is named after myself. That's right. It got you a discount at the team store. It, it did. <laughs> That's how good I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was that was a cool uh, it, it was a cool experience. the The hotel was great. Uh, the the penthouse bar, whatever you want to call it, the, the top, top of the, floor mm-hmm, at the Hilton downtown, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, you looked right over like the ballpark yep, and the arch. Yep, we're right there, and it was just like this is a really cool place to hang out for a it, couple hours. It was very cool. Yeah. Uh huh. So everyone else in the city city thought so too. Yes, because <laughs> that would jam up the elevator. Yeah, I'd never seen a hotel that had like its own nightclub on the top floor. Yes, and a line like a separate <laughs> line. They did do a good job when they it was did. really busy. Of like, there was a bouncer downstairs, and basically. of separating like, oh, you actually you're, you're in the hotel, right? Yeah, and you're, you're and you're trying to get up to the uh, to the hotel uh, to mm-hmm. the top floor bar. Yeah, they did do yeah. a good job of that. I think so. But yeah, huh. St. Louis was fun, and but we we have not recorded in almost a month, which I'm gonna guess is a record. 
It might be. I think it might be for us, yeah. Because when, you know, when else was there the reason to... I'm not yeah. sure there was one. Yeah. So after all that banter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a topic, but here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to discuss it. No, we are <laughs> absolutely going to discuss it. It's just that I felt very much like not doing a tragedy tragedy. Mm, I felt okay. like doing a, a lighthearted episode. Sure. So um, this was a topic that I believe was I don't know if it was seriously suggested, but it was definitely mentioned to our list by our listener Jennifer R. So shout out oh, to Jennifer. Okay. This is the tragic story of the America's Next Top Model stampede. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember the uh, the backstory on this a little bit. Do you like a from when bit. it happened? Yes. Okay. See, I didn't even know when this happened. Oh, I thought you told me about it. What, oh, I may have. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't know about it until Jennifer mentioned it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. Well, let's see. It sounds like fun, though. <laughs> Did Tyra Banks get stampeded? No. <laughs> no. On March 14th, 2009, an overheating car and a crowd of model hopefuls had a meeting with Destiny that resulted in two injuries. Actually, it was, I think it was actually six. Anyway, three arrests and oh. an untold number of broken shoe heels. Well, yeah, well, that I, you know, that's going to come with the territory of the models. Mm -hmm. But uh, two arrests, okay. Three arrests. Three. I said two injuries, but I think those were the injuries that required hospital attention. I think there were four that didn't. I get into that later. Anyway, my sources were Entertainment Weekly. Of course. Gothamist. Sure. My own memory after watching and rewatching dozens of America's Next Top Model episodes. (laughs) NBC4 New York, The New York Post, On Demand Entertainment, and Wikipedia. And Anna Dalvey. Oh, Anna Dalvey. Why would it be Anna Dalvey? Because she's like a gossip person. Uh, this would be something that I'm Anna Dalvey. Uh, my car just blew up. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a non sequitur, but it's really funny. <laughs> oh, so shout out to Jennifer. Thank you for mentioning this. I had I originally was going to do this right after the Challenger episodes because I figured it would be a good palate cleanser. Sure. You did yeah. Roar, which was good. That was fun. And even, then... though, even though everybody got named. Like, <laughs> yes. it, was, it was still fun. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll just research this and like three other scripts while I'm in St. Louis. Guess how much research I did in St. Louis? None. None. Yeah. I mean, I wanted, zero. To, I wanted to be there. <laughs> I, I had to go away for, uh, like, really when we first started dating. Yes, I, I remember I had that. to go away for a week. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't even a week. It was five days. Yeah. Um, but still, like, you're in a hotel for five days, and it wasn't that bad. Like, the hotel was nice. It had a breakfast buffet, which That's was nice. That's the problem. But it was still just, like, being in, you felt like you were kind of trapped for, like, yes, five days. That's kind of how I felt. it's not for vacation. No. Right? It's your no, I was there for it's training. your mandated to be there. Yeah. And even though you're cut loose in the evenings, like, well, what are you going to do? You have to be back the next day. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to do. Yeah, it was kind of, it was fun and weird at the same time. Which, yeah. Which the only other, the only other time I felt like that is uh, at Bob Jones University. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a story for another day. It is. It is indeed. But I have been there. <laughs> Um, so this, the main reason I wanted to do this topic is because it gives me the opportunity to, uh, 
discuss one of my favorite topics, which is reality television. Oh, okay. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to, I was going to try to figure it out. I'm a fan. I, I thought you were going to say that. bass guitar, but I didn't know how that would. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a woman of many hobbies you and are. many interests. Yeah. But uh, you, this you is... have many leather bound books. <laughs> is that like Rod Burgundy? Rich mahogany. <laughs> So, I'm not a fan of necessarily every show or subgenre or whatever. For example, never got into, like, the America's Got Talent stuff or whatever. Never got into Survivor. Right. Um, some of the big stuff I, I didn't hit, but, you know. <laughs> but America's Next Top Model. Oh, I was on that back in the day. <laughs> not for a long time, but I was, certainly. Um, now I'm more of a Bravo gal. Real Housewives Below Deck. Bravo. Yes. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, but yes, back in like the, and I remember I would watch it when it came on TV because you couldn't stream it. <laughs> so I would have to watch on UPN, oh. which then became the CW. I remember because sure. like, I think it was, which, which was the WB at one The point. WB. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, so basically this is just a, an excuse for me to talk about America's top, next top model bunch. ANTM. ANTM. Rules. Pot lead em. <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get to that. No, I, I remember that one. <laughs> so, America's Next Top Model, or ANTM, is, for those who may not know, the unlearned, if you would, a reality TV competition show in which a bunch of very conventionally attractive young women and in later seasons young men I didn't really get into the later seasons. I was really up to like season 15, 16, yeah. maybe 17. <laughs> it took them that many seasons to introduce the men. It did, well, because it was <laughs> yeah. a women's modeling sure. competition, right? But then they eventually... Um, uh, Tyra did give the world Niall DeMarco, and I will thank her for that. Because that's, that's a very nice thing that sure. happened. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> he's a very handsome man sure he's he also is. queer and deaf so he oh. was a very representational okay. in um on the show so um and i don't know if they so it was women and then men and i don't know if they ever got into any gender fluid non-binary or gender queer or anybody i don't think they did back people. then not back then but i'm no. wondering because the last season ended in like 2018 or something so they could have i don't know they did have a trans contestant in the years that i was watching which okay. i'll get to but um <laughs> anyway uh they all compete against each other for a modeling contract uh the host and yes they do <laughs> and main judge is tyra banks herself a former model what was that? Uh, just doing. Yeah, it, it didn't snap very well. No, though. it didn't. It just sounded like. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I was like, "Are you calling the cats?" Well, it's, it's dust in the wind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling Kansas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so Tyra was the judge. I guess Rita Ora of all people took her place in like a recent season, but then that she came back. Familiar. I don't. She's like a recording artist. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I did not watch any of the more recent stuff. I'm I'm covering the ANTM heydays yeah. of the aughts here. Like the, the nostalgia days. Yes. Ten years ago. Yes. So in general, like, it's not rocket science to explain how this show worked, not but really. <laughs> basically, well, how would you describe the general setup of each episode? Uh, chaos, 
for sure. <laughs> Chaos! <laughs> yes. Because at some point, they're going to be tasked to do something that they don't know how to do. Right. Very few of them know how to take direction well. Which, and mm-hmm. I'm not not saying that's a bad thing, but it's, you know, you're all of a sudden being catapulted into a professional well, yeah. organization to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all vying for, like, a big contract. Yes, it is a... And yeah. so, yeah. So some people are cut out for that, some people are not. Yes. You know the people who are not, like, pretty quickly. They're the, they're the ones that <laughs> drop out early, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they would do, typically they'll have like a little stupid challenge and then the, the actual photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very similar to Top Chef. If anyone's a Top Chef fan, they've got the quick fire well, like, and they've got the I elimination the, challenge. I think the very first episode you showed me, I don't know what season, but the wor- the one woman, because she had like a kid or two, wouldn't get topless. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, then you gotta go. Because right. Because at, the... at some point, like somebody's gonna ask you to do that. In this field, you know. Yeah, there is a lot of questionable <laughs> actions yeah. on that show. Um, but basically, so they do a photo shoot. Tyra very dramatically <laughs> has everybody's photos in them. her hand and hands them out one by one until she only has one photo in her hand and two girls before me. That's right. But there's then, the one photo. Yes. Nobody knows who's it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. And then Sharon. one's eliminated. <laughs> You must go home. <laughs> no, it's... So, one will continue on in the competition, and the other girl must pack her bags and go home. <laughs> I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> um, so, eventually, at the end, there's, like, two or three finalists. One eventually wins the contract. They do a big runway show at the end. Whatever, whatever. Um, also, near the end, when they've got, like, a handful of contestants, they'll send them all away to a international destination. Yeah, something fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to model in an anti-gravity suit. <laughs> no, I mean, they'll send them <laughs> no, to an international destination. <laughs> yes, but in not an, space. But in, <laughs> yes. but, but in an anti-gravity suit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they have to model while they're there. Every time. So, anyway, that's the basic premise for anyone who hasn't seen it. Now, we cannot talk about ANTM. Without talking about Tyra Banks. So let's talk Tyra. We cannot talk about Fight Club. <laughs> we cannot talk about Tyra. Uh. So Tyra Banks was born on December 4th, 1973. Okay, so, so she's, she's about, not much older than me. It's her 50th this year. Yeah, she's way older than me. By, <laughs> by like 37 years. <laughs> oh, you're 13, are you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> 23. I was doing the math <laughs> Um, and like most models, she started out super young, like at 14, 15, modeling in L- L.A. She's from Inglewood. So the way she tells her story, which she told a kabillion times on America's Next Top Model, especially in the early days, mm-hmm. um, she eventually signed to Elite Model Management, went overseas to model high fashion when she was like 16. Haute couture. Mm-hmm. And she was also notably appeared in Seventeen magazine because there was a lot of Seventeen magazine all over the first few seasons, their sponsor or whatever. And she said that when she got a little older, she started filling out more. And high fashion models are like fucking sticks, especially back then. So because she was shapely, that was not work. Like they were literally telling her she was too fat to model high fashion. 
so she, the way she tells it, she and her mom, who served as her manager back in the day, devised a strategy for her to pivot her career and like, fine, you're not going to be a high fashion model anymore. You're going to be like a swimsuit model. And that's when she ended up on Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. That was a big, big um, breakthrough for her. She was also a Victoria's Secret angel. That was a big thing. The first thing I ever saw her in was a George Michael video. Mm. Can't remember what song, but she was in a video. She was also in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Was she? Okay. Mm -hmm. An early episode of Fresh Prince. Oh, and in uh, the great college movie drama... (laughs) Man, what was the name of it? I can't remember now. Oh, I was saying Coyote Ugly. She was in oh, Coyote she was in that? Ugly. Yeah, she uh-huh. was in that. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, she was in a movie in like 1995 about going to college. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it's, it is. It was so important. that It was. <laughs> it was a John Singleton movie. And now I can't remember what the name of it was. John Singleton did Boys in the Hood. Oh, okay. So there's so, some crap behind it. It was in that realm, but uh, in college. Okay. So. Okay. Um, she would later tout about her degree from Harvard. <laughs> she she did like a certificate from Harvard oh, Online well, as an adult. Hey, why not? <laughs> but she just kept talking about how she went to Harvard. I would do the same I fucking guess. thing. <laughs> That's going on the resume. Mm. I have a certificate from Harvard. Do, do you have one of those? No, I don't. No. No, I would tell the employer like, you know, you don't have one of those either, do you? <laughs> guess I've got the job. So one thing that can certainly be said of Tyra Banks is that she knows how to pivot her career when needed. She knows how to stay famous. She knows how she she yeah. has like yeah. staying power mm-hmm. and consistent money making abilities. Yeah. That, so, which is a talent all in itself. It sure it, it is. really is. It sure is. She's obviously just always wanted to stay in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and in the spotlights, and she has. She's the female Mario Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Far off on that. <laughs> no, no, they're perfect for each other. Oh my goodness, Mario Lopez is <laughs> still like, around. He's just always hosting still something. Around. Something. I, in fact, I think Tyra is hosting like this is the Laguardia Next pool party hosted by Mario or, Lopez. Not, um, America's Got Talent. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. And he's like, I'm up for it. Whatever. He he does like a hosting gig. He sure does. Um. So never let it be said that she lets the grass grow under her feet. She's always finding something to do. So uh, in 2003, the thing that she decided to do was launch a television modeling competition called America's Next Top Model. And at that time, the perfect thing to do Perfect early reality television heydays. I mean, a lot of reality shows have been released by then, but not as many as would be. And she was like, let's do a modeling talent. Yes, and it was a whole new... And it ended. And up, then because of that, uh, they were like, "Well, let's do the people that make the clothes for the models talent the, the, show." Do Project Runway? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, and like it was hugely successful. Sure. Not only that, but then there was Canada's Next Top Model, Australia's Next Top Model, Finland's oh, Next. Yeah. Top, like every country had its own. Yep. Yeah. So this lady's got money because yeah. she was the MVP of all this. You know. Yeah, she's not hurt. No, she's fine. Um. So the first season of ANTM is kind of like the first season or so of the real world, a, a different sure because nobody because nobody really knew what to expect. They weren't it was just well, and all everybody's kind of, of feeling it out, and you can kind of tell a lot of reality television shows. If you go back and look at their first episodes, especially the long-standing ones, like they they were still trying to figure out what it was, yeah, <laughs> and like what the 
the pacing was. Where do we and put the it, drama? Yeah, exactly. Where do we put the excitement? Exactly. Where do we put the uh, the 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 story of the day? Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, that that stuff has all been figured out for the past fifteen years at least. Right. But yeah, early to like before like two thousand four, two thousand five, it was still like a what exactly were we doing here? Right. Yeah. We're just, we're just filming shit. And then slicing it together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right? I mean, and and it was, like, it was edited and everything, but just, it got slicker as the years went of on. Of course, As yeah. everything. So, um, in the first season, there was only 10 contestants. Later on, there'd be, like, 16 or more. Um, and from the beginning, Tyra was set on ensuring more diverse representation, which, okay, great, but... Especially in the first season, they went about it pretty confoundingly. So they did include several women of color in the 10 contestants, so that's good. But they one of those women was a 26-year-old woman, which first of all, like, because Tyra's not... She, she always went back and forth over whether she was trying to break modeling conventions or really just, like, say, a bunch of conventional modeling shit. Sure. So... Like, basically, people. if you're 26, you're, like, you're not high fashion modeling at 26. No. Like, they're obsessed with, like, teenagers. You're literally in that business, you're, like, an old lady at Basically. That point. Exactly. So that was a little weird. It's like, it's like go go to the catalogs, lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 26-year-old lady. You're so old. She was a 26-year-old pageant queen. Yeah. She's named Robin, and she was also dubbed, quote, plus-sized, which... It is laughable to consider this woman any version of, like, plus-sized. But something, another thing that was unconventional about her for the modeling industry was her proportions. So she was a little larger on bottom than on top, and modeling is, like, all about proportions. Like, either you have to be a stick or, like, 36, 24, 36, you know? So it was very... Now, this lady was attractive. Of course, she was gorgeous, like every other woman on this show, but... Considering how conventional the challenges and the bend of the show were, it was weird because they, you know, they like shoehorned them into certain makeup and hair. They they had to do like pretend jewelry ads, and everyone was between five nine and five eleven. Like they were they were following all the modeling conventions, and then like kind of setting her up to fail by just not being the things that were conventional, especially twenty years ago. You know, so... Somehow 2003 was 20 years ago. (laughs) I know. What the fuck? I know. Um, I'm running for president because of that, and I'm going to outlaw math. Because it's never done anybody any good. There you go. Yeah. What has math ever done for anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that season's darling, Elise Sewell, shows exactly how conventional they were really uh, looking at. Uh, She had... The shittiest attitude of literally any of the contestants, I think potentially of any season. Wow, that's saying a lot. Well, here's the thing. They had like egomaniacs and like desperate people and all sorts of But after a while, like people who understood their role, like... Well, this this was Elisa's problem. She was condescending, Uh consistently mocked the entire competition. It's like, you idiot, you're in it. Like she was... so, So she was like Ted Cruz. But as a model. And was very clearly thinking highly of herself, but in a way that put other people down. It was really shit. Yeah. It was really shit. Um, But 
despite her attitude, like literally sucking, the judges loved her because she was tall, skinny, and like European looking. And like translucently white skin. Yeah. Yeah. It was really gross. It was really gross. Um, how much they let her go, how far they let her go, despite her being like just not a nice person. Like not a good person. She was she was at least if you're listening to this, I hope you change because you were an asshole. (laughs) You were a really fucking asshole. Um so let's talk about the judges. In the first season, Tyra unleashed Janice Dickinson oh, onto yes, the world. Yes. Now, of course, she she had been a model for a long time. She was a model back in the day, but this made her a household name to a totally new generation who would not have been at all familiar with her modeling. And work. she was one of the original, like back just before the era of the supermodel. She was like kind mm-hmm. of in that just she, before the supermodel thing became. Well, a thing. here's the thing: Janice Dickinson always introduced herself as the world's first supermodel. That was her thing. She she claims to to, she's claims to have coined the term supermodel. Well, I mean, who knows? I don't know. But yeah, (laughs) she she's a wild card. But yeah, when when uh, when this show came out, it was like, oh yeah, my dad really liked her. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kamora Lee Simmons, uh, Russell Simmons' wife at the time, at least, who uh, started a baby fat baby fat yeah clothing Mm -hmm, line. mm Mm-hmm. And some magazine guy were also on the judging panel, but Jana, Janice... Magazine? What's a magazine? Yeah, I know, right? Janice was the mainstay for quite a little bit, then she was replaced by Twiggy, then pa- the Twiggy was replaced by Paulina Poroskova. But Janice was especially heel-digging about all the conventional model stuff in that first season, like, to a really gross extent. And that made her and Tyra butt heads more than once, because Tyra was all, I'm breaking conventions. She absolutely was not, but, you know... Anyway, in the end, thank you. I have opinions. <laughs> anyway, in the end, Adrian Curry won. Do you remember Adrian oh, Curry? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Even though she couldn't say the word passion in a commercial challenge without saying passion, because <laughs> <laughs> she you, was from Chicago. You, She's from you, Joliet. No, you've, uh, you've played me that before. That yes, clip. passion. 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 They're like, say passion. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, so... I don't have an accent. Accent. I'm from Chicago. Um, of course, Adrian went on to marry and divorce Christopher Knight, who played oh, Peter Brady on oh, the okay. Brady Punch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they also who got their own reality the, show. Who, who met on the Surreal World, I believe. Yeah, they, the they, they got their own reality show because everyone got their own, own reality show back in the early aughts. Yeah, in Surreal Life. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> So the show... <laughs> Look up Vern Troyer on... Oh, my God. That's a good one. The show continued to grow in on its into its own over the next several seasons, finding a more universal cast in terms of judges and the mentors, uh, those mentors being Jay Manuel, makeup yes. and makeup artist and creative director, and Jay Alexander... Runway coach. Otherwise known as the J's. Yes, the J's. Tyra, they eventually were dubbed Mr. and Ms. J. Yes. Mr. J being J. Manuel, Ms. J being J. Alexander, because Robin from season one couldn't keep them straight, so she started calling the runway coach Ms. J, and that stuck, and so that's how they went. I also found out recently, Ms. J was born the same year as my parents. Okay. I did not know that Ms. J was that old. But anyway, um... Photographer Nigel Barker 
became a mainstay of the judging panel for quite a while. And then <coughs> they very early on realized the high drama of the makeover. Sure. That they would do every single season pretty early on as Tyra literally was dreaming up more and more ridiculous things to do to the contestants' hair to make them cry. They definitely figured out how to evaluate the most emotionally fragile contestants and then do the most dramatic shit to them. Yes. We're going to make you look like a sock puppet. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some of the shit they've done to those girls. They'd be like, they'd be like well, if it, if it makes me a million dollars in the contract, sure. I mean, and like... And they they would like, also like I'm not feeling the sock puppet look. <laughs> they would do stuff like give weaves to girls who didn't know how to maintain a weave. Well, I remember they cut that one girl's hair yeah. like almost all off, mm-hmm. and she like had like a nervous. Oh yes, on. that happened more than once. <laughs> yeah. That happened at least once a season. Yes, that's that's normal. Yeah, it was like Mean Girls kind of shit. Like it <laughs> like, was. Like it makeovers. was. And of course, you know that... Tyra had like a book too, <laughs> right? <laughs> like How Myra to... cried and cried and cried. <laughs> Her diary. Yeah, she has it in like red lettering. <laughs> it's the entire show is just Tyra Banks, like just for her book, getting revenge for, on her on the Mean Girls in high school by turning yes. into a Mean Girl to all these girls. It might yeah. be that, that's yeah. a good premise in itself. Of course, that wasn't the only opportunity to for drama because they're getting like a dozen or more women between the ages of 18, 24, at 18 and 24 and shoving them into a house to live together while also competing against each other. While also being 18 to 24. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean. And also the house that they, houses that they had to live in were always decorated wall to wall with like Tyra Banks. Yes, photos. they were. Yes. Just, oh my just, god. Just to remind them mm-hmm. whose show this is. So yeah, things are going to get a little dramatic, like when season two's Shandy oh. had sex with a hot Italian guy oh, that's right. while they yeah. were in Milan, then she had an on-camera conversation with her weirdo boyfriend where she <laughs> confessed this to him and he screamed. He's wait, oh, hang on. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you had sex. You, you had, had sex? sex? <laughs> you had sex? <laughs> Just for that reaction alone, she deserved to have sex with the Italian guy. Absolutely, <laughs> she's a twenty-year-old girl, like Who going at, to like, the Kmart, or, literally or Walgreens. Or, yeah, she worked at Walgreens. Like yeah. They did this whole makeover. She was starting to like feel confident about herself. Yeah. This hot, yeah, they gave Italian her, guy they, they wanted to her, hook up with her. They gave her a makeover, and then hot Italian guys wanted to have sex with her. Right, and she was like, "Sure." And <laughs> she then was like, she "Yeah." Got I'm, guilted I'm, by her loser boyfriend. Yeah, she's like, "I'm down with that." You had sex. <laughs> oh, God, that guy was a loser. <laughs> that poor bastard. Though. All right, so now this is my favorite part, potentially of any episode we've ever done. I am simply going through go, to go through cycles one to twelve of America's Next Top Model, the seasons. Okay. And mention some of the highlights. <laughs> all from memory. All, all the sacks. <laughs> all the sacks. Um, so I kind of, that was season two, cycle two, that I was talking about with Shandy. So that's kind of season two. Um, but also, uh, so cycle one. Remember Robin? The pageant queen? Plus size pageant queen that not, I not know that I just mentioned. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I was gonna say not that I. Not that no, I, I know that you didn't necessarily. I, you did make me watch a couple of seasons. I did, which I did enjoy. They were yeah, fun. They're amazingly yeah. campy. Anyway, 
Um, so Robin and Shannon, another contestant in season one, were devout Christians. And they were asked, well, they were, they attempted to pressure them into doing a nude shoot, which obviously neither of them were going to do. Then they tried to guilt them into doing, well, you can wear like a thong and then we'll airbrush it out. And they still refused to do it. But that was a whole, a whole thing. Um, cycle three, some of the highlights include contestant Amanda's degenerative eye condition being played for sympathy and high drama, while Amanda herself was pretty annoying. (laughs) 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 She's like, guys, I have a confession to make. I have a degenerative eye condition. I'm about 50% blind. And within the next few years... I'll be fully blind. Like, she was, like, that's fine. And, okay, yes, you do have this condition. But she was really an annoying person. I just don't know how else to say it. She's like, so if I can't see, it's because I'm going blind. (laughs) Anyway, she was just just, annoying. Just like the corn song. (laughs) (laughs) There was also Anna and Eva. Eva, then Eva Pigford, who became Eva Marcel. And eventually won that season and also became a real housewife of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, Anne and Eva formed a very codependent relationship, then had a falling out in Tokyo. Bit high drums. Anyway, cycle four. This one's a good one. Uh, Michelle got impetigo on her face. She get what? Impetigo. It's a bacterial infection. Oh. Like a, like a flushing disease? Kind no. Of? Very oh. specifically, no. But that's what all the girls thought she had. Oh. And so they were like scared of her. Yes, I would be too. <laughs> so yeah. So she had impetigo. Everyone else in the house freaked out that she had contagious flesh-eating bacteria. Also, Michelle came out as a lesbian. And a lot of her fellow contestants were really shitty about it. Sure. Doesn't hold up 20 years later, I'll tell you that. Um, in And of course, cycle four. Come on. In perhaps the best ever Tyra moment, uh, Tyra had a... she brings the contestant back to yell at her? Well, yeah. She had a totally narcissistic hissy fit and screamed at Tiffany, I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! (laughs) She's like, you're off the show. Come back so I can yell at you and and not do any projection whatsoever. And she did... She screamed at this girl... For not being sad enough of getting eliminated. <laughs> yeah, this girl was probably like, well, whatever. So if you ever see that gif of Tyra going, we were all rooting for you, that's what it was. <laughs> it was such bullshit. It was such bullshit. And if ever there was a moment that showed that she was just a raging narcissist, it was absolutely yeah. that moment. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't the 500 times earlier. Mm-mm. But it definitely landed on that one. <laughs> Uh, that season, Rebecca also literally fainted dead away. Oh, that's flat right. on and her then, back. And then got right back up and was like, yep. No, she didn't get right back up. They gave her medical attention. Oh, I yeah. somebody did that. Oh, no. no I'm thinking of a no. spelling bee. And it was... It- <laughs> it's not a spelling bee, but... Um, uh, and that was right in the middle of being, like, critiqued by the judges. Just, like, you see her eyes go and then whoop, I think we watched that season. I'm pretty sure we did. Or at least I showed you that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, that same season, Kaylin was forced to pose in a coffin soon after the death of a friend. Oh, yeah. They do some shit stuff. And they told her, so she was, she was supposed to be depicting 
they were all it was it was seven of them so they were depicting the seven deadly sins there were seven of them so it was the real world and they were picked (laughs) to live in a house and have their lives taped anyway um so her sin was supposed to be anger and so when she was in the coffin they were like good use that sadness use that anger (laughs) it's just like that is so emotional think about your friend dying yeah you know the one that died recently (laughs) think about that some more um, then there was also Kenya being sexually harassed and, in my opinion, ass- assaulted by a male model during a photo shoot and then just being told to deal with it by Tyra and the judges. Yeah, I mean. Which, no, you don't just deal with it. That's no, I, I agree, but I, I don't know that that was yeah, what exactly. she was told. They, they still tell women that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just imagine how it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there was also... <laughs> They went to South Africa that season. And they met Elon Musk. <laughs> he was he was but a glimmer at that <laughs> yeah. point. Um, and at that point, in the, the, the final, however many of them went to South Africa, um, there, were, there were two African-American women, two black women. Um, one woman was mixed black and white, like had a black mom and a white dad or whatever, and then the other woman had black parents, and they went to Nelson Mandela's cell, like where he had been arrested, mm-hmm. like uh, imprisoned for years and years. Um, and on their way to the prison, Kenya, who is black, said, who's Nelson Mandela? <laughs> 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 Which, hey, I mean, it's not like you're obligated to know every famous black person or anything. I, like, I get it. But you're kind of obligated to know that famous black <laughs> well, person. <laughs> but then, so all of that is what it is, right? But then when they went to the cell, like, uh, oh my God, why is her name? Naima, who was in, a mixed race woman, um, was like very reverent they gave her like the key to open the cell all very reverent and then Kenya was like oh I guess I better be very reverent so she was like oh this is so moving it's clear like you didn't know any of this it was, was really funny it was, who was the whole this, thing who was this guy again it was the whole thing it was really funny Gandalf anyway. is that his name anyway alright cycle five highlights include Lisa peeing in a diaper on yeah, the set of a photo that. shoot yeah, with the cast with... members of Jackass. Yes, you showed me that one. <laughs> yes. No, it wasn't Jackass. It was Wild Boys. Oh, oh, It was okay. Steve-O's and uh, the other guys. It was their show together. And and Little Man? Was that yes, his character uh, we, name? Yes, we, we Man. We Man. Um, now I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the other guy. Steve-O was Steve-O and Ryan, not Ryan, one of the guys. Anyway, no, that was not Jackass. It okay, was, it I was, thought it was. It was Wild Boys. I think you're right, yeah. So, yeah, she was wearing a diaper, and they dared her to pee in it, and she, and, did, she did, and everybody was just, like, staring at her. Anyway. I, I, I honestly thought it was kind of ballsy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like know your audience. Yes. You know? um, then Kim was a total gossip. She caused all, sort of pro- all sorts of problems. Um, <clears throat> Brie got disproportionately upset at everyone when someone ate her granola bars. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> Okay, I think we, we watched this season. It. I'm pretty sure we, we watched this it. whole season. Then there was also Texas beauty queen Cassandra having a total meltdown when her hair was t- cut short, then forging ahead despite yes. it, then deciding to 
quit the competition when they wanted to trim her hair more because now they were trying to change yes. her too much. Yeah, we definitely watched this season. Okay. I remember yeah. all of these things. Yeah. I'm sad yeah. to admit. <laughs> uh, cycle six highlights include Joni getting her teeth pulled and filed down to get a full set of veneers, but they sent her home in between. So like day one was all the filing and pulling and day two was all the veneers getting put in. So she had to do a confessional. She's like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a dental care for six hours. She was like, no, I have not been assaulted. I'm getting dental work. She was so clearly out of it. It was, anyway. Um, Jade being Jade that season, if you know, you, you know, Who if you don't. that season two? Didn't Jade wind up winning? No. Or getting, no. Mm-mm. I think she was the one I thought was going to win. Whatever. Maybe. I, <laughs> I we guess watched we watched more than yeah, I thought. We watched like two or three seasons. Yeah, I I missed that season cycle six early on and I've only seen it like once or twice. So compared to the others, I have not seen it as much. Well, I mean, they might forgive you. <laughs> cycle seven highlights include the first twins in ANTM history, identical twins, yeah. Amanda and Michelle. Uh, there was an edgy photo shoot, quote unquote, wherein one of the twins, I think Michelle, but I'm not sure, had to pose as someone who had just thrown up in the toilet due to bulimia. Okay. Yeah, that happened. Um, the models were forced to pose in sexy positions with Fabio, as in the romance novel yeah. cover guy, yeah. who was pushing 50 at the time. And oh, these are all yeah. 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah, they were all creeped out by it. It was yeah. very clear. Um... And then Melissa Rose, being known as Melrose, <laughs> and being incredibly type A about her endeavor to make it into top modeling. Uh, there was also a moment when winner Carrie D joked with Judge Nigel Barker about having a stick up his ass and being uh, absolutely obliterated in judging for saying that. Like she was in tears apologizing for it. Um, and then the most unhinged final runway show ever. And I'm pretty sure they were just trying to humiliate Melrose and Carrie D because they were both so desperate to be models. They were literally, by the end of it, having to run screaming down the runway, <laughs> acting like they were going insane. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. That's a good direction, though. Uh-huh. Uh, cycle 8 highlights the presence of contestant Natasha, a Russian woman who may have been a mail-order bride and or sex trafficked. Mm-hmm. Uh, JL, who was either just a flake or badly affected by previous drug use or both, <clears throat> finding out on camera that her friend had just died of an overdose. Mm-hmm. Okay. The judging panel repeatedly talking about eventual winner Jazlene's quote-unquote spicy personality and digging on her when she was more subdued. Jazlene is Latina. So, yeah, she got more than a little stereotyped by the judges. Uh, cycle nine, there was a lot of really shitty bullying behavior towards contestant Heather, who identified as having Asperger's, what was would likely be called autism spectrum disorder now, and ADHD. Uh, and then there was a really weird music video shoot with Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that one. Yeah. In which the judges were super happy with Heather's performance, even though the poor woman fainted during the shoot because of exhaustion. Like, they didn't care. Oh, They're like, well, no, you no, got a good yeah. shoot out of it. Yeah. Job well well done. Enrique really liked you, Heather. Yes. Aren't, aren't you just thrilled? <laughs> Ricky was really feeling it. <laughs> 
Cycle 10 includes Whitney winning mostly because they suddenly decided it was time for a plus size model to win and not because she was particularly talented or nice. Uh, Fatima having to discuss very publicly being a survivor of female genital mutilation. Uh, no one knowing. <laughs> this is my favorite part. This is I know that was that was kind of heavy. Moving on to the lighter stuff. No one knowing how to pronounce. There was a contestant whose name was Katarzyna. So like Katarina, mm-hmm. but with like a Z-Y. Katarzyna. 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 Like that's okay. It's that's easy. That it's like yeah. Katarina, Katarzyna. Um, Tyra continued to call her Katarzyna. <laughs> like again and again. And then when Katarzyna was like, oh, oh how, how was is that it, pronounced again? It, like as a little joke. Yeah. Um, Tyra's like, whatever. <laughs> However I want to pronounce and it. And continued calling her Katarzyna. 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 <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Wipe that face off your head, bitch. <laughs> One contestant named Amy being forced to change her name because there was another Amy, so she called herself Amos. (laughs) I was going to say. So I don't know. Why don't I make it back? Wyma. Wyma. Ema. (laughs) Yeah, Ema. Uh, The contestants were that season forced to pose in a meat warehouse wearing meat clothing, sitting on ice cubes or uh, blocks of ice. Sure. The aforementioned Amos... (laughs) Sleeping until 20 minutes before judging panel and showing up like she looked like she just rolled out of bed because she had. Uh, Clay, oh, this incident. So, incident. They did a, they did a photo shoot. And, and it, yes, it was very interesting and artistic where they had like a clear plastic heavy duty tarp almost like that was, that was pulled taut and suspended up in the air so that the camera was shooting from below and they had like soapy water in it so basically the models were supposed to like lie down in it and create shapes and it it came out looking very arty or whatever from the photography well they were told like you know when you are gonna go onto this tarp like you know crawl down and then lay down don't like jump on it or anything because this is pulled taut it'll be like you know it'll be pretty pretty firm well claire completely ignored it and just completely (laughs) face planted onto it (laughs) she completely ignored them yeah she literally just slapped right onto it and she injured her neck as a result yeah yeah that'll that'll work that'll do yes and finally fatima almost missing the flight to rome due to problems with her travel documents i'm pretty sure this was all a setup for a (laughs) storyline i don't know (laughs) anyway um cycle 11 don't worry we're almost done okay highlights uh two pointless name changes when there were three britneys in the contestants i don't know why you wouldn't just say britney r britney what i mean that's what you fucking do in elementary school they were all britney r no they weren't they all had different last names so they inexplicably, without having any other, like, it's not like they took their middle names or their last names or anything. These two just out of thin air, two of the Britneys, one of them picked Sharon and one McKee. <laughs> and McKee won the cycle. So, I don't know. guess it worked. Um, this was the season with the show's first trans model, Isis King. And let's just say there was some really icky, icky, icky transphobia. By a lot of the contestants. So, um, 
There was contestant Marjorie being loved by the judging panel while having some of the most distracting nervous energy ever to be had by a human being. Again, tall, skinny, very European. Um, Alina being just as uptight as Marjorie was nervous. There's that. Uh, Sheena lying about then admitting to having a boob job. There was that too. Anyway, uh, cycle 12, there was the presence of Allison whose eyes are double the size of an average human's. And London being called out for gaining weight because modeling is a bullshit industry. So all of that (laughs) brings us to the casting of cycle 13 of America's Next Top Model. Okay, only 52 minutes in. I know. I told you this is just mostly an excuse for me to talk about America's Next Top Model. But here is the actual disaster. So... (coughs) I, um, and for a while, I was confused as to whether there had been a second stampede, so I'm call- I called this the first stampede, but no, as far as I could tell. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, I was just confused. the stampede. The stampede. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that so that happened while casting Cycle 13 in 2009, because yes, somehow they managed to pump out 12 seasons of this show in six years. That's insane. I know. <clears throat> that's, that's quite a that's production a schedule. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So cycle 13 was the short girl season, meaning that they were only going to accept contestants who were five, seven and under. So in modeling, like five, nine to five, 11 is the the norm, right? Maybe five, eight, if you're lucky, maybe six feet if you're lucky, but otherwise it's very narrow. Um, by no coincidence, the eventual winner, Nicole, was 5'7", <laughs> and none of the really short contestants made it to the final. The shortest, um, at 5'3", which is my height, was 18-year-old, best name ever, Sunday Love. <laughs> uh, she made it to the top five. The top four were all 5'6", and 5'7", so... <clears throat> Even though they were all like, oh, we're, this is for the short girls. It's like, mm, well, yeah, for that relatively, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is a pertinent factor in the stampede because basically if you're under five, eight or more realistically five, nine, you can hope all you want. You are not going to be a high fashion model in any way, shape or form. Your height will instantly. Yes. They want people of a certain height and that's how it goes. Um, So when a bunch of literal shorties are given the opportunity to compete on ANTM, you best believe they were very ecstatic about this, right? This was their one shot, essentially. Uh, Maybe you could do commercial modeling, but that was like, you know, catalog type stuff. But you're not going to get into high fashion otherwise. Unfortunately for all, the producers had not planned for the immense interest or numbers of wannabes who would show up in New York City. So ANTM did, don't know how long this lasted, but anyway, they did open casting calls, which is very typical of reality competition Mm -hmm. shows. They did it for Project Runway. They didn't do it for like Top Chef and stuff, but they definitely did it for Project Runway. The idea was you show, you're supposed to show up at a given location, typically in a major city and try out. Oh, American Idol did that Mm -hmm. too, right? Very famously. On March 14th, 2009, they were casting in New York City at the Parks Central Hotel on West 55th Street near Broadway. Estimates were that between 5,000 to 10,000 people showed up at the audition, but I don't know how there could have been any version of an accurate head count. 
So I think those were just estimates. But suffice it to say, there was definitely enough people waiting to get into that hotel that it was a crowd control problem and would be under any circumstances. But in this case, the producers and casting directors weren't prepared, which wasn't much fun for anybody, least of all the model hopefuls. They didn't even plan for people lining up the night before. And it's like, well, especially back then, they did that for Black Friday. Sure. Like, what what would make you think that they wouldn't that do that, that wouldn't for? Happen. Yeah, for America's Next Top Model, it was uh, popular. Poor, poor planning would make you think that that exactly. Eighteen-year-old um, Mona Knight was quoting as say, quoted as saying, "Quote: I had to pee in a cup and change my clothes on the street. There was no organization whatsoever." Okay. Yeah. Uh, but most confoundingly. The producers hadn't even notified the NYPD that they were holding auditions, which would be a big no-no considering that any time there is potential for a crowd, local <laughs> authorities should know that yes. in a public space, in a street, like on a sidewalk, you know, they, they should be aware of that. Plus, if you think about it, this show had conducted 12 seasons worth of casting prior to this, so the fact that they were surprised by the turnout either means they were piss-poor planners or that this was an unprecedented turnout, or both. There were mixed reports on how the crowd was eventually controlled, if at all. There were reports that once the cops did show up, they only had police tape to use, like instead of actual barricades. Um, And it's hard to tell from the video footage, because yes, there is video footage of this stampede. Uh, Very grainy. It's 2009. Uh, What type of potential barriers there were, there was... Definitely a very deep line. So in the, in fact, you can see that I have the picture. You can see how many people deep this sidewalk was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Packed. Yeah. Way too many people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so they didn't do any, they, or weren't able to do anything to make the line shallow, controlled, you know, control the flow of foot traffic. Around 5.30 p.m. that day, a black BMW was either, and reports kind of conflict, either parked on or drove down West 55th Street across from the hotel and smoke was spotted coming from its engine. Okay. Someone in the crowd began yelling, the car is going to blow. And again, we're talking thousands of young people in a poorly managed crowd So yeah, the reaction was not good. People began running and screaming, fearing that the car would explode. Spoiler alert, the car did not explode. Okay. Somehow, this is the most random thing. Somehow in the ensuing melee, a man just randomly slapped a woman standing in line. Like the report was that he jumped over a barricade and just slapped her. And then someone else yelled, he's got a gun. Okay. Which, of course, that didn't help the situation. Some people, like, ran into gates and walls. Others fell into the street. One witness would later recount, quote, The girls were running like it was 9-11 part two. I feared for my life. End quote. I mean, this is like eight years out of 9-11. Not Mm -hmm. quite. So it would still be pertinent, right? This is in the middle of the war on terror. Be fresh for a lot of people back then. Yeah. Yeah. Four women were treated by paramedics on the scene, and another two were taken to Wheel, 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 Cornell Medical Center with minor injuries. So all injuries were minor. 
no deaths, and no serious injuries, which is great. And kind of a little bit of a miracle sewed because there was every possibility someone could have gotten seriously hurt or even killed. There could have been a crush. Somebody could have um, had a serious injury easily, like a broken leg or or Mm -hmm. head injury. Who knows? Um, And it's good, obviously, that nobody got seriously hurt, but also it would have been one of the dumbest things to have happened, right? <laughs> and it's, it's just a dumb situation. Um, and also, here's the other thing. All of those women were wearing high heels. Yeah, that's true, too. And the yeah. fact that, the, that there weren't more wrenched ankles is ridiculous. Um, one witness, Anina Mantari, said, quote, people were pushing... I had to keep thinking, don't fall, don't fall, sure. because there were a lot of stilettos, yeah. end quote. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you could get fucking punctured with you get it. Get impaled by one, yes. for sure. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. There were three arrests made almost instantly. A uh, 40-year-old and unfortunately named Clem Clements, 24-year-old, 24-year-old Michael Edwards, who had a long rap sheet, and 20-year-old Vanessa Kionis. So according to the New York District's Attorney's Office, they were, you know, the, um, what they always say, the caveat to free speech is you can't, the, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Well, that's literally what What they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were, they were being accused of literally yelling fire as well as everybody run. So it was for inciting a riot is what they were charged with. Um, inciting a riot and disorderly conduct, but no weapons charges. So it's just, okay. and I couldn't find anything to see, like, well, what happened? Were they convicted of anything or whatever? But casting manager of Antium, Lisey Alpert, was quoted as saying, quote, if I'd known, I would have been more prepared with extra barricades and security, yeah. end quote. The people who had been waiting basically lost the time they spent waiting. The audition was called off altogether. Yeah. So that girl peed in a cup for nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good point. <laughs> but yes. Uh, then mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg, reacted to the lack of event organization by saying, quote, you've just got to, in advance, arrange for security, end quote. Yeah. Tyra Banks and ANTM co-executive producer Tom Muck issued a statement after the stampede expressing their concern. Mm. Uh, a new audition was held in New York a month later, this time with rules like no lining up overnight or prior to 6 a.m., no jumping in line, holding places. They were also given wristbands with a specific audition time. Mm-hmm. So it was just clearly much better organized, which would have been nice in the first place. One model present at the time of the stampede was Ashley Howard, who was eventually cast on that season. And she said of the event, quote, I'd already been on my feet for 12 hours straight, and when it broke out, it was so random and unexpected. Everybody was saying different things about what was going on. A bomb in a car, a gun. So everybody around me was freaking out and hyperventilating. I'm usually a very calm person, so I was standing there calming girls down, but it was still scary. It sucked even more because I didn't get seen. I didn't even get through the door, Mm, end quote. Yeah. So it's just, it just goes to show, like, nothing can be wrong, but a crowd in and of itself will always be inherently sure. dangerous. So, And all you need is one idiot. Yeah. Willing to say, scream something, yeah. you know. And now so. all you need, nowadays, all you need is uh, some fireworks, which people will mistake for gunshots. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
So all ANTM fans can rest easy that this disaster did not, indeed could not stop the ANTM train from a rolling right along. It rolled right through its all-star 17th cycle, wherein each model was required to write a whole ass song and stage a full-blown music video. The aforementioned wide-eyed Allison song was a very gothy, melancholy tribute to her dead brother. The truly unhinged twist was that each contestant was then required to work in the line, pot lead them, that's top model backwards, into their song. I showed you that, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. Which is the defining moment wherein it was made clear that Tyra Banks started this whole show just to humil- humiliate model hopefuls. Yeah, she was like, um, other brother, sister, father, I am breathing underwater. It's like this this whole, like, goth, like, emo. Mm-hmm. And then she had to I go, Polydom, that's top model backwards. <laughs> That's the most unhinged thing. Like, why the fuck? Well, it was because, so dumb. Because- because Tyra Banks, that's why. Because Tyra Banks, yeah. yeah. The last <clears throat> the last season to air, and this is so far, don't ever count Tyra out. No, <clears throat> I will not. Was in 2018, and it was cycle 24. Oh, man. In, in 2019, Tyra Banks went full Tyra when she announced that she would now go by the mononym Banks. <laughs> and because this is audio, let me explain... Banks is stylized B-A-N capital X. Yeah. And here was her reasoning. Quote. wouldn't it be? (laughs) Here's her reasoning. Quote. Banks is me, but she's also every woman. Banks represents rebirth and that beauty boundaries only exist to be broken. End quote. That makes no sense. (laughs) Makes no sense. Sounds good, though. Tyra. Tyra, Tyra. Well, it looks like Spanx to me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So in other words, she has completely lost touch with reality. Though I would posit that (laughs) happened a very long time ago, as can be evidenced by basically every single cycle of the show. So, and that, my friends, was the story primarily of America's Next Top Model, but the America's Next Top Model Stampede. Yes, and I know way too much top model than I ever I know to. now nobody has to watch the first 12 cycles because I gave you the highlights in a way you've done justice for the world no. <laughs> I've no, saved no, people now nobody has to watch it they just have to listen listen to us <clears throat> there you go yes so, I don't know if Banks would approve of that I don't think she would <clears throat> she would it? say no watch them all I get the residuals <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to say about this episode. Like, <laughs> except like that was expected completely that that would happen at some point. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the stuff was expected completely because <laughs> that would happen at some point as well. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, it'd be like, okay, let's stick a bunch of eighteen to twenty-four year old guys, like twelve of them, in an apartment, mm-hmm. and let's see if two of them get in a fight. <laughs> I wonder if it's gonna happen. <laughs> like. Just, so first of all, just putting people in, like, that sort of you're living together and competing together and all this stuff, like, that's a pressure cooker environment to start with. And then you don't, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25. So, like, you're putting all that young energy in it. You're never going to intentionally put yourself in that situation. So mm-hmm. you're you would only be in that situation if you were in some sort of contest, which right? Is, it it is an artificially created situation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's like Squid Games. 
It is. Like, nobody wants to take a bullet in the head to potentially get 40 million one. Yeah. Or uh-huh. whatever their currency uh-huh. is. Isn't that what, what one, it was called? I one. Think. Yes. But they're going to try. Uh huh. So, yeah. And the contract for this, I remember in the early ones <laughs> that. So we watched like season four or five or I something like that. We watched a couple. And of them. it was like a hundred thousand dollar model. Yes. It wasn't uh-huh. like it wasn't like no, you're gonna live for the rest of your life just fine. No, yeah, uh-huh. but the idea, <clears throat> and this was the exploitative part of this show, like <laughs> modeling is like exploitative. Well, it is exploitative, but yeah. also like the people who make it. Just like in acting or anything else. It's so such a few. slim, yeah. you know, number of people. And this is an opportunity. Like, modeling is notorious for very bad actors to be involved. Like, people who run scams. Sure. People try to, like, sex traffic women right. by claiming right. that they're going to help them model. Like, shit well, like that. Yeah. So, it... Like, for that to be, like, your other option is, like get scammed by other by these people or you can be on this reality show which at least you know has a legit thing to pack it to back it up <laughs> at least there's a set right and this is before social media so the the early days of mm-hmm. this is before social media so these girls weren't even getting the benefit of like additional likes additional follows sure you know they didn't they didn't go on to have it wasn't as easy for them to carve out a career on their own as it is now exactly yeah. now if you were to go on a, a competition like that you'd you, get an insta following I was just or tiktok say, following it wouldn't even really matter if you won the show or not i was like yeah. how many insta it's followers did i get out of this it's advertising for yourself yeah. which it, then you could do sponsored ads you could do cameos you could do all that stuff and actually make a buck these girls, like they were just vying for that contract. Yeah, they, they were chewed up and spit yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Even the one, even the girl that won each year, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say that any of them became like top models. Some of them had some successful. Like Niall Demargo did pretty good for himself, but yeah, it's it. It was an. I mean, entire uh-huh. banks <laughs> knew that. Is that with an X or a KS? X. Ah. X. Banks. Banks. X. Or maybe I should call her Banax. Banax. <laughs> Banax. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's, like, in retrospect, it's pretty exploitative. But God, was it entertaining. Yeah. Very. Exploitation is I was going to say still it? is, but the, there has not been a new season in five years at this point. That's true. So. Mm-hmm. So God did intervene. I guess. <laughs> All those prayers finally got answered just 15 years later. You know, <laughs> and, and Tyra Banks is an interesting study because if you watch those America's Next Top Mom, like she had her own talk show for a bit. It was pretty clear she was trying to be Oprah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, She's uh, trying to be Oprah her whole life. Even even the men at that point were trying to be Oprah. <clears throat> well, who wouldn't, yeah. you know, want the money and the... Yeah. That's what all the... Uh, I wouldn't, but... That's what all the mid-afternoon talk shows, that's who they were all gunning for. Yeah. But you could tell that, like, Tyra's trying to be a multi-hyphenate, you know? Like, oh, she did a... She, she recorded an album. You know, yeah, she wanted to be a music yeah. artist, and she wanted to be a talk show host, and she wanted to be an actress, and she wanted to be a model, and she wanted to be, like... Higher Learning. That's the movie. That I was oh. About <laughs> From the 90s. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's mm-hmm. in that. Um, she plays, um, 
that actor's girlfriend, and he was in a lot of things back then. Now I can't remember his name. <laughs> well done. Yes, thank you. Um, also, Tyra did give the world the smize, so I'll she say did. that. Yeah, she did. Yep. Look it up. Feel free. Ask chat GPT. <laughs> they'll let you know. S-M-I-Z-E. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I don't know how much more. I mean, we could talk about this for the rest of the night. <laughs> So I can't handle much more. That's fine. We can we can wrap it up. <laughs> but that was entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. And not surprising, as I stated earlier. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a huge popular modeling reality show, just show up and do like talent scouting. You might want to let the local authorities know. Just, just, to, just maybe. Yeah, just so at least there can be, like, one EMS truck there. Like well, just... and also the fact, like, people, of course people are going to line up ahead of time. Yeah. And that's going to be on public property. Yeah. Sidewalks. Yeah. Like, so public servants, yeah. i.e. police authorities, need to be keeping an eye on that. Yeah. And if you don't tell them, they're not going to know to be there. <laughs> Even if you do tell them, they might not be there. But, but that's all. <laughs> yes, but certainly if you don't tell them, there's no chance that they'll exactly. be there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was the America's Next Top Model Stampede. And we will get back to just normal stuff next week, I promise. <laughs> normal for us. Normal for us. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. <laughs>